0: So a way
1: Politics Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reid.
2: 2024 lead. Horrible news. Horrible for Joe Biden in our new CNN poll. While the president leads his Democratic competitors... By a huge margin, two thirds of
3: all of the American people surveyed, 66 percent of the public say that a Biden victory would either be a setback or a disaster for the United States.
4: Our brand new poll conducted by SSRS shows that a majority of Americans, six in 10 Americans, want to raise the debt ceiling only if spending cuts are included as well. So this is the McCarthy Point that he's been making all along. Remember, months ago, the White House was in this position of no negotiations. A majority of Americans say, no, you should reduce spending as well as raise the debt ceiling. 24% say, raise the debt ceiling no matter what. Only 15% say, do not
5: raise it. Let the U.S. go into default. CNN has a new poll out. I'm sure you've seen it uh, in just the last two days. And what it shows, really interestingly, is that 60% of Americans say Congress should only raise the debt ceiling if it comes with spending cuts at the same time and that includes 58 percent of independence is your position out of step now congresswoman with the majority of the american people i'm so glad you raised that poll because i think it's really important to look at what that poll
6: says if you just say to people should we cut spending they will probably say yes um, however, if you say, "Would you rather cut spending and reduce the deficit by cutting the tax breaks to the wealthiest corporations and wealthiest individuals, or would you like to cut your own health care, education?" Uh, you know care for veterans etc. I guarantee you that you would have even higher numbers that say let's make sure that we're making the wealthy
5: pay their fair share and that's the
7: the other thing we've been saying to the Republicans.
5: This is the exact question that was asked of voters. What should Congress do on the debt ceiling? Raise only if spending cut? 60 percent. Raise no matter what? 24 percent. Not raise? Let US default? 15 percent. These are are what they are saying to this critical question.
8: and welcome back to flower politic podcast it's the 28th of may year of our lord 2023 that's a very interesting intro we don't we don't pay a lot of cnn correcting damn and big big problems for biden polls yeah we got we got more on those polls we'll get to it today short show just going to put a couple things together not feeling too well i not going to talk about. It. I don't know what the hell I got, but it don't like anything anymore. I got on the new meds. Went about a week. I was doing great and got so damn constipated. I I I don't know what threw off. I mean, when you eat an apple for lunch and pea soup for dinner and then you're still constipated, that's a problem. So, trying to incorporate the lentils, and the lentils makes me sick. Um it stomach just doesn't like it, um, but I'm hoping that I can get to work because it it's supposed to combat this stuff. But you don't care. You just want to you just want a podcast, and I'm running my mouth. So I fuck this guy. Not literally. He's a sexy bastard, and I've known him since ninth grade football in a gym. We had to get the cough. He had more hair than I have now on my entire body. Probably still does. I mean, I haven't seen him naked since then. Don't really want to. I mean, we're buds. He's like a brother, but we're not We're not that kind of relationship. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're still old school. Old school dudes. But Todd and Oregon shared something last podcast. I fucked it all up. I put it out, but I didn't give him credit. So we're going to play his soundbite up front because I love when people contribute to the show and we got con- Contributing from Todd in Oregon, so here's his soundbite.
9: I've utilized Twitter, yes
6: Okay, and is your account at MarcusA97050645?
9: That is absolutely not my account.
6: Okay, that's not your account. Well, on December 5th, 2022, an account under the name Marcus Allen retweeted a tweet that said, That quote, is
9: not my account, ma'am
6: you haven't let me finish the question he might sir have been the football player you haven't let me finish the question on Dece- and the time is mine on December 5th 2022 an account under the name of Marcus Allen retweeted a tweet that said quote Nancy Pelosi staged January 6th retweet if you agree end quote do you agree with that statement yes or no
9: that that is i don't no, ma'am. That's not you, my account at all. I have I, I'm no asking idea. whether
6: you agree with that statement, yes or no.
9: Can you please rephrase the statement? Yeah. I'm
6: the lady. Do you think I'm the
9: that lady Nancy has Pelosi expired.
6: staged January 6th? I just want him to answer Yeah, question. He'll answer. He'll answer. Question.
2: Yeah, he'll answer. I'm just telling you your time's up.
6: Do you believe that Nancy Pelosi... Do you agree with the statement that this person tweeted that Nancy Pelosi staged January 6th?
7: Yes I, or I no? No. Thank you. It's not his account. Anyway, joining us now to respond, the attorney representing both Marcus Allen and the IRS whistleblower in the Hunter Biden case, Tristan Levitt, is with us. Tristan, thank you. Welcome aboard.
10: Thank you. Pleasure to be here.
7: Uh, why do you think that there is a dual justice system? Because I don't have any doubt in my mind that we have that.
10: Well, that's a complicated question, but clearly one of the factors has been that those that are in the ruling part of the FBI and in in other places have a one party mind, one ideology and one way of looking at things. And those that question and challenge that, they're very willing to, to attack.
7: All right. So you how hard is it for a decorated combat Marine like Marcus Allen to have the FBI questioning his allegiance to his own country, a man that put his life on the line for all of us in Iraq. How does that feel for him?
10: It's very disconcerting for him. He's simply all throughout been trying to do what he believes is right. He is a person of faith. He's someone that is guided by his conscience, and he's just been trying to play this straight. And so, for the FBI to treat him the way that it did to begin with, and then for him to have this kind of treatment subsequently, you see, you saw that that uh, exchange there um, with Ms. Sanchez, and that kind of treatment is precisely why he opted to not be interviewed by the Democrats initially. This is how they treated Steve Friend and George Hill in earlier interviews, and he saw that they released a report. EXPLICITLY GOING AFTER THEM, SMEARING THESE INDIVIDUALS. SO, YOU KNOW, WHEN, when THEY ACT THAT WAY, it, it, IT TELLS YOU EXACTLY WHAT IT IS THAT THEY'RE AFTER. BUT SO FOR HIM, THIS HAS BEEN VERY DISCONCERTING.
7: ALL RIGHT. SO YOUR CLIENT NOW HAS BEEN SUSPENDED. DO YOU BELIEVE THIS IS RETALIATORY? AND WHAT RECOURSE, WHAT REMEDY MIGHT HE HAVE?
10: Yeah, so we, we actually empower oversight, which I'm the president of, actually represents both Marcus Allen and Steve friend. but so Mr. Allen uh, has has had his clearance suspended. He, we have filed a complaint with the Department of Justice, Office of Inspector General. And so they have the jurisdiction. It's a very weak process. For investigating retaliation through the means of suspension of security clearance, so it requires that they wait a year after that happens. But he's reached the year mark; he's, I think, at 16 months without a paycheck since his clearance was suspended, and uh, so we're we're very happy that the DOJ Inspector General is looking at that. He'll be interviewed by them tomorrow, and we're confident that they will help. Uh, YOU KNOW, HELP TO WRITE THINGS THERE BECAUSE HIS IS A VERY STRAIGHTFORWARD CASE OF WHISTLEBLOWER RETALIATION. DO YOU BELIEVE THAT THE
7: FBI AT THE TOP LEADERSHIP IS NOW TRYING TO STOP WHISTLEBLOWERS LIKE YOUR CLIENT FROM COMING FORWARD TO SILENCE THEM AND ARE THEY INTIMIDATING THEM AND ARE THEY HARASSING THEM AND ARE THEY VIOLATING WHISTLEBLOWER PROTECTION LAWS?
10: Yes to the first 3, the the fourth one's a little bit tricky. So they're using security clearances because that's a method they have available to them. Other agencies I've seen do that before in my career uh, working on Capitol Hill as an investigator, but the FBI right now is particularly aggressively using the suspension of clearances as a way to go after whistleblowers. Part of the reason that they are able to do this is because the FBI does not have strong whistleblower protections. When the modern system of whistleblower protections was passed in 1978, the FBI was given a special exception. It's not that long after edgar hoover and uh and they they have had a lot of clout although obviously their friends and allies have been diminishing as their their recent stripes have come to light but that's allowed them to be able to get away with quite a bit that other agencies wouldn't
7: absolutely chilling we wish your clients the best thank you tristan we appreciate it
8: this whistleblower stuff um we're going to get to some of it it's just it's very frustrating because it's it it goes in the same goddamn line of everything in my lifetime we had i don't give a fuck about Kavanaugh i don't know Kavanaugh i mean it was one of my deciding votes for Trump i do remember thinking that you know i i didn't want the supreme court to go left because in my mind, we are so far left right now that if we don't have checks and balances in the system, we're fucked. And with the advent of the Obama, I got my pen and BlackBerry you know, presidency. We're doing that more often than not with this jackhole. So we needed somebody to check him on, you don't have to pay rent forever as long as you vote for me. I'll give you free college as long as you vote for me. But the way they treated Kavanaugh off a bullshit story, once again, I, I believe their sexual assault. And I have told them the story that I went to Washington and was supposed to try to push that bill that was, you know, they wanted uh, outside the chain of command to handle sexual assaults and I wouldn't speak and all these city politicians were all pissed off like, why aren't you talking, you're a vet, and I said, because I don't agree with the goddamn thing you're saying women aren't going to say anything they just won't I mean, it's the military, it's a chain of command even if it's true, you're fucked you're a troublemaker everybody just wants everybody to be in line not fuck with them especially in this environment now where we're doing equity evaluations and shit. So, I do believe women, but it is always obvious with lefties. When somebody comes out on their person, they're a garbage-lying whore. It's dated. It's, It's financed by dark money. But when it's the same on the other side, because that lady just came out because they needed to stop Trump. They got people coming out all the time against Trump and suing and everything. It's so obvious it's made up. At that time in his life, you know, a lot of women on this planet wanted wanted him to grab their pussy. I mean, that was a rich motherfucker. And no offense, just like men go for fake titties... You know, uh, S- Sports Illustrated models before they started putting dudes on it and plus-size models. You know, I like full-figure women, but nobody wants to look at that. Nobody wants to see me naked. I mean, get the fuck out of here. We all want people that look like look the role, right? Um, yeah, guys are going to go for that, but for women, yeah, that money. Let's be honest. My wife was in love with me when we were young, but she outright said she wouldn't marry me unless I had a job, so I stayed back in the Army. I mean, women need stability. They want money. And a dude with a billion dollars in his private jet, she doesn't care if his dick small. She got that bank account. So, you know, it's just all horseshit. But you can't dog their whistleblowers. I mean, they're just coming down from Moses with tablets. And now, every accusation against this administration, that all turns out to be true. The media says it on page 20, but they bury it. They don't want that news getting out. And it's coming from a group, segue started, that is doing... Shit like this. And I was going to separate them, but I'm just going to play it together. Most likely, if you have social media, you've seen the first one. But now we got Canada going 2SLGBTQIA. We're running out of fucking letters.
11: Scary to see what's happening in the United States. Whether it's 2SLGBTQI rights that are constantly being attacked, my government will never let it happen. My government will always
8: stand up unequivocally for women's rights, for 2SLGBTQI rights. You know, I thought myself hip. I have. Um you know, I've fucking seen shit and been on the internet since day one. Uh, had MySpace. Went through all of them except for TikTok. Didn't use Twitter for a really long time. But I had to look up this no-no. don't. T- I guess that's from like 2017. It was like some influencer did it on YouTube and it became a thing and... Do they really think that's going to stop rape? And it's immigrant rape. Because all these countries accepted everybody, and now they're suffering the consequences that that culture gives no fucks about your Me Too or women's rights or LGBT. They kill fags. They still call them fags. That's, That's what they do over there they haven't modernized that fag can no longer be used. And they don't care about your tranny shit. In the Arab world, you start transitioning your kid, your entire family gets murdered. It's just how it rolls. So... Those two sound bites, and we're going to call it two spirits, some made up bullshit that literally has nothing to do with gayness. It's a spirit thing. It's about Indians, American Indians. And we're all going to do TikTok diplomacy and think that's going to fix shit. Well, when you start dogging whistleblowers, I'm most likely going to be queuing into everything the whistleblower says because it's got to be 100% true because you're not a serious serious person so memorial day is tomorrow we got to do some upfront shit gonna do two sound bites here really quick um soundbite number one is the taliban attacking iran thank you joe biden and number two is victoria newland now we remember victoria newland because she was the one that said we're going to blow up that motherfucking pipeline and then now doesn't admit that we blew up that motherfucking pipeline She says we've been working on Ukraine's offensive for four to five months. That statement being said when Humvees have been found in Russian attacks after the Ukrainians got killed. (laughs)
6: And even as you plan for the counteroffensive, which we have been working on with you for some four or five months, we are already beginning our discussions uh with the Ukrainian government and with friends in Kiev, both in the civilian side and on the military side, about Ukraine's long term future.
8: That's fucked up. That's how wars start. Because we are putting our dicks where they don't belong. Those are our vehicles. And you know, I understand the initial reason we did this. Got it. Russia bad. But as I said multiple times on this podcast. There's something going on with this Ukraine thing that we all don't know. Starting with the fact that, you know, Biden company literally, like, got people fired and his son was in there. And and there's just a lot of fucking shit going on that I, I don't understand. I just don't understand it. You know, lot of money it is a forever war because clearly they're not gonna win they're not winning um, yeah it's a it's a fucking shit show I had a bunch of articles I don't want to do them today I, I'd rather just cover a positive and I'm gonna pay six minutes of Lone Survivor Marcus Luttrell I I'm embarrassed I mean this is my thing I do a podcast I didn't know he's a congressman somehow I just didn't pick that up Here he's Dick slapping Millie and talking about the border and uh even Millie seemed a little reserved cuz I just don't think you fuck with this Texas boy. Mr. Latreo for five minutes.
12: Good afternoon gentlemen. Yesterday at three o'clock at Arlington National Cemetery, I put one of my teammates in the ground that was killed on a tragic parachuting accident during training. And at 4.30, I received a phone call that Senior Chief Mike Day, who was shot 27 times while on combat operations, took his own life yesterday. So all I ask is that you continue to, which I know you will, cherish our service members and our veterans and focus on the mental health aspect after these two wars. Secretary Austin, you said ISIS and Al-Qaeda and other terrorist groups continue to threaten the security of the United States and our citizens and our partners. Do you consider the cartel to be a terrorist group?
13: I, I consider them to be uh, transnational criminal organizations
12: regardless of vernacular, sir, that would, which that's the same thing, in my opinion. Is it not yours?
13: Well, it's again, this is, it's, they are criminal organizations, so.
12: Mr. Milley, thank you for your distinguished career, sir. And over your tenure in the military and your multiple commands, if you lost 50,000 troops in one
14: deployment, would you be relieved of duty? Yeah. I would imagine if I lost 50,000 troops in a single battle or deployment. Uh, I don't know if I'd be relieved. It depends on the nature of the war. You know, there were 2,000 killed at uh, Normandy, and my dad hit the beach at him was 7,000 killed there. So I guess it depends on the nature of the war, but 50,000 of our deployments, One of our deployments, not not national not yeah, invasion. One of ours, sure, yeah. Okay. If you had 2,500
12: enemy combatants move through your front lines and take over your interior, would you be relieved of duty?
14: Yeah, I probably would. Yeah, I would think so.
12: If you were a commanding officer and you were not enforcing the ROEs or the SOFA that was in place by the
14: leadership, would you be relieved of duty? Um, I would imagine that if uh, I did not enforce the ROEs, yeah, I'd probably be relieved, I would imagine, sure. If you were a
12: commanding officer and individuals were coming into your AO and kidnapping your
14: troops, would you be relieved of duty if you didn't do anything about it? If I knew about it and didn't do anything about it, sure. 100,000
12: Americans die each year from fentanyl. 50,000, 50, excuse me, 5,000 illegal aliens come across this border every day. Sex trafficking, kidnapping, drugs, gangs. In your professional opinion, do you think Secretary Mayorkas is doing a, jo- a job at all with securing our border south and north?
14: Yeah, it'd be inappropriate for me, as a chairman of the Joint Chiefs Staff, from a legal basis, to actually make comments about cabinet members. That's actually in the UC uniform code of military justice. Okay, so sir. You gotta respect that. But here's what I would say. Look at there's a significant crisis at the border. I've mentioned it a couple of times. Yes, sir. 5,000. That's why thousand, I shifted to this yeah, line of questions. 35,000 a week, that's a core. You've got a, about a million or so. Now most of them, realistically, most of them are, are economic migrants and they're fleeing violence and so on and so forth. But not all of them. Some of them are not. Some of them uh, are, are bad. they Who knows where they're coming from and what their intent is. So that border crisis is very serious and it's having a very negative effect on our society in general and obviously the border states but well beyond the border states. The fentanyl crisis is compounding that. Now the question is what do we do and how do we get about that? Uh, And and that is a very complicated area as you know. Uh, I think you have to obviously start right at the border uh, but there's obviously th- some things deeper into the into so-called battlefield, if you want to call it that, uh, in Mexico, Central America, et cetera, getting at some of the root causes. We have to work with the host nation governments. I talked to uh, uh, Congressman Walts a little earlier. We've, we've got to get a handle on this and get a handle on it quickly. Uh, this is being very, very destructive to our society as a whole. Uh, and I, th- I am absolutely uh, uh, agree with that for problem identification. The issue is what do we do about it and how do we do it? We, the military, have certain skills and capabilities that can help, uh, but the lead has got to be law enforcement. I think That's
12: the leadership it. itself, sir, translates nicely from military to civilian. And fortunately, on this side, as you soon, I'm, I'm assuming you will soon. Um, and I'm a border state. Sure. And it's, it's my people in my district that are dying. Yeah. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that uh, the Secretary is skirting his fiduciary responsibilities to save the lives as we would if we were combatant commanders in any given AO. The
2: gentlelady yields. I now recognize the gentleman from Texas, Mr. Luttrell.
12: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Chief Ortiz, thank you for your service. Mr. Kagan, you as well. Uh, Chief, are you a direct report to the Secretary of Majorca? There is a, a commissioner and a deputy commissioner in between the secretary and myself. Do you communicate with them often? I communicate often with the secretary, several times a week, sir. So I want to piggyback off of what Ms. Green said, because we were just read in on this, this explosive device that was discovered by one of your Border Patrol agents. Now, obviously, sir, you, you're aware of this. How is it that you are not?
9: Because as the as the investigative arm of the department, we're focused on <laughs> investigating TCOs. And the intelligence shared between our two agencies is robust. It happens all the time. The we're, we're not actively, it's, it's, so it's not my. So here, here's my issue,
12: this is one of the issues I see between the, and I respect everything that both of you do and every way that works for you, but the breakdown of communication and the silos that we work in is what's detrimental to this country right now. And if there is an explosive device, if the cartels are using explosive device against our agents, that changes the narrative.
9: So can I, can I answer my job as the assistant director over countering transnational organized crime is not domestic operations. Our domestic operations folks that work in the field day in and day out are the ones that communicate with the border patrol i'm saying me personally i do not know i have i can get back to you and let you know whether hsi as a whole knows and our domestic operations knows. so i just wanted to clarify that part.
12: thank you so i would assume that the two individuals that you report to sir have reported to secretary mayorkas about this explosive device which tells me that mayorkas has reported this to the president and nothing has been said or done to the american public and congress was had no idea this was going on mm-hmm. now if this is the case and we're surging money billions hundreds of billions of dollars across the seas to secure everybody else and we're not doing anything here in my state in our southern border that's a problem because that means that they're lying to us
8: that's um that that's some good shit right there and uh we we need more people. We just, we gotta get vets to get in to Congress and start bringing the whoop-ass. Because sadly, we all are the ones that sacrifice the most while these elected forever Fox start wars to get uh, money into their district. So, for uh, Memorial Day, uh, Black Rifle had two really good ones. Um, one is Say Their Names and one is just the simple thing that I will do tomorrow. Go to the Western Kentucky Cemetery with a bag of glass beads that I always do and put them on the headstones some for people that nobody visits I'll do my walk in the memorial in the morning and visit the Rockeson Pylon and talk to Troy Jenkins I know Memorial Day is for more than just vets but as I do remember my grandma, it usually comes down to soldiers. So, going to play these, uh, plus a Divids, which is the De- Defense Department's video. They made a nice little video, so we'll play those videos. We're going to go straight into That's Fucking Bullshit with the Whistleblower and a interesting study by MRC that... Um, Yeah, the Biden administration, they've lost what democracy is.
15: On this Memorial Day, let us gather in gratitude for those who gave their lives in service to our country. Countless sacrifices have been made for the freedoms we enjoy today. It's important that we reflect on the bravery and selflessness of those who made the ultimate sacrifice of our nation. We honor the memory of our fallen heroes. We remember their courage, dedication, and commitment in protecting our great nation. We also recognize the families they left behind who continue to carry the burden of their loss. Let the meaning of Memorial Day not be lost on a day off. Let us take time to remember and reflect. Let us pay tribute to those who made the ultimate sacrifice of our country. To those that built and reinforced the foundation of this country, we say thank you. Your sacrifices will never be forgotten and your legacy will live on. We will continue to represent you and honor you with the utmost dignity and discipline.
4: Because I gave him extra treats. Just don't tell daddy.
16: Just so you know, I love you and I miss you. This
0: is daddy, this is me, and this is mommy.
17: You smile? Maybe. You never smile for daddy. There we go. <laughs>
0: She's at daddy. gorgeous. Look at daddy. Hey. Hey. <sighs>
17: It, oh,
2: there we go.
15: Sergeant First Class Louis Gutierrez, Platoon Sergeant. Specialist Zachary Clouser, Driver. 1st Platoon, Alpha Company, 126th Infantry, Blue Spaders. KIA, Atomia, Iraq, July 18th, 2007. They were my friends, they were my warrior brothers. Most importantly, they were my family. Right.
3: Chris Delmay, Headquarters Company, 2nd Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment. Killed on his 14th combat deployment just outside Kandahar, Afghanistan. Chris was my JTAC, my FO, my neighbor, and one of my best buddies.
12: Staff Sergeant Juan Campos, 1st Battalion, 26th Infantry, out of me, Iraq. He was my mentor. Sergeant Matthew T. Abate. Killed in action December 2nd, 2010, in the Sangin Valley of the Helmand Province. Fellow scout sniper, brother, friend,
16: Justin Gallegos, 3rd
3: Squadron, 61st Cavalry Regiment, 4th ID, Killed in Action,
9: Cop Keating, Afghanistan. Justin was my first team leader. He's my brother, and he's family.
14: Sergeant Bill Kerr, 1st Battalion, 5th Marines, Helmand Province, Afghanistan, August 13, 2009. He was a mentor and brought humanity to a deployment where we needed it most.
3: Ricardo Barraza, Dale Brem, 75th Ranger Regiment, 2nd Ranger Battalion killed in action in Ramadi, Iraq. They're my mentors and my team leader and squad leader. Sergeant Patrick Hawkins,
4: 3rd Ranger Battalion, KIA, 5 October 2013 in Kandahar, Afghanistan. To be honest, I'm, I'm incredibly lucky to have spent the time that I had with him.
18: Staff Sergeant Jeffrey Loa, August 16th, 2006, Alpha Company, 135 Armor, 2nd Battalion, 1st Armor Division, Ramadi, Iraq, friend. Sergeant First Class
4: Michael Goble, 7th Special Forces Group, Operation Enduring Freedom, will incredibly
3: be missed for the rest of my life. Ryan Sparks, 1st Squadron, 91st Cavalry Regiment, 173rd Airborne Brigade Combat Team. Um, He died in Pali Alam, Afghanistan, RCE. Kyle Wayne Burns, Charlie Company, 1st LAR, Belouge, Iraq, friend. Ryan Corporal Sean Hefner, 2nd A Battalion Delta Company, Helmand Province, Afghanistan. He was my brother. Kyle Milliken, 5 May, 2017. Naval Special Warfare Development Group, Somalia, Africa, former team leader. Dave McDowell, Charlie Company, 2nd Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment. Killed on his 7th Combat Deployment just outside Bastion, Afghanistan. Dave was my best Ranger buddy and just best friend for over 10 years. Sergeant Major Christopher Adam Nolmes. He was my friend, he was my mentor and he's the finest Green Beret I've ever known. Senior Airman Brad Smith, United States Air Force, killed in action January 3rd, 2010, never forgotten. This is Glenn Doherty. He died on September 12th, 2012 in Benghazi, Libya. He worked for the CIA and he was my friend.
18: When I took control of this particular investigation, I immediately saw it—you know—was it way outside the norm of what what I've uh, experienced in the past.
11: Gary Shapley is a supervisory special agent for the IRS, where he's worked for 14 years. In January 2020, he was assigned to what he calls a high-profile
18: investigation. Who's the subject of the investigation? I can't con- confirm or deny the the subject of this investigation. Why not? Because, you know, part of the tax secrecy laws don't allow it. Shapley can't say it, but CBS News has learned the
11: investigation was the probe of Hunter Biden by the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney in Delaware. Senior Biden administration officials have vowed to let it run its course
14: without interference. It's not restricted in his investigation in any way.
11: But CBS News has obtained this letter Shapley's lawyers sent to Congress Monday alleging irregularities in DOJ's handling of the investigation. Shapley is seeking legal protections from Congress so he can share specifics of his allegations.
18: There was multiple steps that were, were slow walked at the uh, direction of, of the Department of Justice. Had you ever encountered that before? I have not, no. These deviations from normal process, that, and, and, and each and every time, it seemed to, to always benefit the subject.
11: Shapley says he decided to blow the
18: whistle after a heated meeting last October with federal prosecutors. It was my red line meeting. It just got to that point where that switch was, uh, was turned on and I just couldn't silence my conscience anymore.
8: All right. A lot of sound bites there. Kind of lost the track of what we're on, but uh, those videos kind of, uh, they hit home. Uh, we have to remember them. We, we just have to if we don't what's the fucking point um, this stuff is starting to get a little uh, little motherfucking crazy all right they, 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 this 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 right here the pyramid of far-right radicalization and I have somewhere in here a tweet Sorry, I did not prep this. All right, here we go. MRC has uncovered a DHS anti-terrorism program that's been weaponized against conservatives. 80 grants, 39.6 million taxpayer dollars later. Here's a look at how Joe Biden and Secretary Marcus are outsourcing their effort to conflate conservatism with terrorism now you look at the top and it's like you know groups that none of us has ever fucking heard of and they miraculously walk and have marches the moment he goes on his the deadliest thing and the biggest threat to america is white supremacy i wouldn't say there's not white supremacists in america they don't really have a voice whereas there's a whole bunch of black supremacists and lgbt supremacists them motherfuckers are everywhere then you got your second le- uh, third level and uh, let's just get to the point they're saying Breibart, uh, make american uh, great hat Quillet, it turning point three percenters infowars prager you now, if you don't... Well, we've played PragerU on the show. I mean, PragerU is some vanilla educationism, you know? We're, we're, we're doing education about facts that don't align with the liberal bullshit. But then they get to, well, if you're a part of the NRA, Heritage Foundation, if uh, fu- you watch fox news christian broadcasting network or you're part of the gop that's that's just fucking bullshit this is what the army was rolling with too um university of dayton is one of the most radical grant recipients for the program receiving 352k to fight domestic violent extremism and hate movements biden's dhs awarded the grant despite their application including a fallacious chart here's how their seminars went and that's the picture They literally said, well, tell them that the U.S. is sending money to an army that uses the logos in 3 and 4, and it's so fucking true. I mean, it's fucking—it's actually true, they have that uh, Ukraine stuff. But it, but it—I you don't see me getting upset. It's just, th- this is it. This is what they fucking do. It, it's what they do. Here, are, the media won't show this. Do you think Biden policies have helped black people 34% hurt 14 made no difference 49 that poll is catastrophic. But they don't care. They don't give a fuck because they move past black people. They want the black dude in a dress tranny. That's that's the demo that they think is going to win the election point. 0.5% of the country. Maju Raju was taking this because the media was still spinning all the evening about the debt ceiling, which, you know, hey, this is huge for a person like me. I am unemployed. If the country shuts down, I don't get any money because it's pension and disability and earned disability and earned pension, but it comes from the government. VA will probably send me something but I don't think I'll get shit for my thing and I won't be able to pay bills and we ain't got that much savings so it's a bad thing but we start the show with what Americans think they're they're lying so much oh this is the target shit I don't remember if I covered this Oh, I threw it in here because that's Satan shit. I think I did, but I don't remember. This is false. Migrants have their travel coordinated with NGOs like Catholic Charities, which helped them from federal government. I witnessed firsthand browns Brownsville, the country's bus and flight tickets issued like this one after being processed. U.S. Border Patrol. Claims that migrants will be provided free travel and transportation to their destination are false. Your government does not provide help or financial support for non-citizens. This statement by CBP is misleading as the federal government funds non-government organizations as the Catholic Charities to assist in the travel. This is what pisses me off. This is the shit that pisses me the fuck off. Because there are chartering flights and dumping them in red districts we know this and no media has done any exposes on it it's illegal it's literally against the law they're breaking the law they have used military transports that is so against the wall law we are arresting people on the border for being coyotes on the American side, or you watch Sicario. That, that's how it works. They throw people over. Dude comes up with a bus. They get paid a bunch of money to drive him someplace safe house, and then they get ferreted out. That's not for drugs. That's just normal migration. We got people in America make money. It's real shit. Not made up. They go to jail. We're not Biden administration. Then. We get this one: the Biden Justice Department shamefully panners to bomb-throwing rioters. This foundational duty of government has maintained this. This is this story again. These motherfuckers got probation. And I guess I sh- shouldn't have shut that and showed the picture because we've seen them on the show. Um, these cocks, A- and the way they did it is that because there was nobody in. Nobody in the car was a. They firebombed a cop car. These two cucks. Yeah, what fucking picture am I in? This one. Boom. Those fuckers. Yeah, they walked. Arkansas man who put his feet on Nancy Pelosi's office desk during Capitol gets 4.5 years this scene we've all seen it we all thought it was kind of fucked up that's what he did didn't assault anybody, didn't break a window, he walked in with an American flag and is getting 4.5 years AP. Two more Oath Keepers prison for January 6th capital attack. One of them is getting eight mother fucking years and he wasn't even there. Stuart Rhodes, who committed no violence and is not even clear what his crimes were, was sentenced to 18 years in prison. Stalin's gulags were usually five, ten-year bids. The communist takeover D.C. court system is now complete. Oil-filled rando, rando. Portland Antifa fired behind federal courthouse for months and attacked DHA. None of this happened to them. No, they None of them went to jail. They, all, they got all their charges dropped. Seattle firefighters now drilled on Ibram Kendi before promotion to top jobs. And that's where it's coming from. It's He's got everything. I'm not going to waste your time with it. It's, uh, it's fucking bullshit because that's how this shit happens. And then the Washington Post ran this article. And this is the time I rant. Russians snitch on Russians who oppose war with Soviet-style Dineshians. Russians snitch on Russians. Let's think about that for a second. What is the Biden administration doing? Anybody? They're doing the exact same thing. They're making other Americans. I'm trying to find the fucking pictures. I know I I had them someplace. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, hold on a second. Motherfucker, we on this one. Do you remember this? Family members and peers are often best positioned to witness signs of mobilization to violence. Help prevent homegrown violent extremism. Visit FBI. That's what they were doing. They have agencies going around and telling people, if you watch Fox News, you're an extremist. They have agencies going around and saying all military members are extremists. How are we different than the Russians now? These people scream and yell about Russia, 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 Russia. It's all we fucking hear out of these morons. Russia, they are Russia. The way we treat our citizens is Russia. Everything about us is Russia right now for the left. They have become Russia. And it's just unbelievable that they think they're different. Because they're not. They're. They're identical. They're, they're 100% identical. Think about this. This is how our media is acting about people opposing Biden. Now, remember the DHS, FBI, DOJ, they're probably spying on all these campaigns because that's what they do now.
5: Welcome back now this first on Fox Business. A bombshell new report reveals the Biden administration is using taxpayer money to rage a covert war on conservatives and Christian groups. The Media Research Center, a conservative watchdog group, obtaining documents showing DHS, Department of Homeland Security, is using a program meant to fight terrorists, which includes groups like the Heritage Foundation, MAGA, Fox News, even the Republican National Committee in the same category as Nazis. Joining me right now is media. Research Center founder and president Brent Bozal. Brent, it's great to have you this morning. We want to know more about this. Tell us what you found and this so-called pyramid of far-right radicalization.
19: It's an astonishing finding, Maria. There's the program called the Targeted Violence and Terrorism uh, prevention grant program. This is supposed to find uh, domestic terrorists in America. It was started by Obama. There was concerned by Republicans that it would be weaponized against Republicans and conservatives. Trump put, put the kibosh on it. It's come back now with Joe Biden. You have that pyramid. Where's that pyramid coming from? There are 80 recipients of money so far. They've received Forty million dollars in grants. We've done years on thirty-one of them. The University of Dayton. None of them have wanted to respond. Here we go again. Recipients of public money won't tell the public what their money is for. We, the, the University of Dayton, wouldn't give it to us. We found the documents anyway. Look at that pyramid. This was a conference in December of 2021. In the first la- la- layer, you've got Heritage, you've got the uh, uh, Breitbart, uh, you've got Fox News, you've got Christian broadcasting. You've got the Republican National Committee. Already you've got more than half of America is on the list. The second level torques it up. More dangerous groups. Turning Point USA, Tea Party Patriots, PragerU, Breitbart that American conservative unit. Then the third level is pro-Nazi organizations. And the top one is militant Nazi organizations. So there you go, the pyramid, showing the progression of domestic terrorism. But listen to this, I want you to hear this, what what what, what they were actually doing in this conference. One speaker was associating Ron DeSantis with the Holocaust. Unbelievable. One speaker was associating Donald Trump with Pol Pot the, the uh, uh, genocide guy. One speaker did this. He advocated programs to deny people to shut down their websites, to close their meetings, and to physically prevent them from assembling in public. Physically prevent them from assembling in, pro- in, in public. Physically, yeah. Put it all together, and it goes on and on. Right, by the way, that speaker also said, and this is, this is a quote that we, we have to remember. He's a member of Antifa he said a lot of things we are doing are illegal a lot of it involves breaking the law yeah they put it all together they wrapped it up they sent it to the DHS and DHS awarded them a grant of three hundred and fifty-eight thousand dollars to
5: continue doing it wow and, and this is why the Republicans continue to say that this administration looks for terrorists of, of in America uh, whether it's parents you know going after parents because they want to know more about their kids in school, rather than going after China as an adversary, you're calling now for the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas to step down. I mean, there have been calls to impeach this guy over the border, and now this.
19: Well, you've you've got him testifying in Congress and lying through his teeth about the board, Everyone knows he's lying. All you have to do is look at the video. But now you've got this, where he's taking government funding meant to find terrorists, and he's going after Fox News. He believes, Maria, you're a terrorist. I'm a terrorist. Anybody with the RNC is a terrorist. Anyone supporting uh, uh, reading Breitbart's, the Christian Broadcasting Network, for the love of God, the Heritage Foundation, the most prestigious conservative think tank in America, Mm. all have now been targeted as associated to one degree or another with terrorism.
5: All right, Brent, we're going to keep a spotlight on this. We'll be talking with Jim Jordan coming up in the program, and I'll certainly raise this report.
0: My own politics, the media jerk off of the week. So hot.
16: In our latest polling shows Governor DeSantis trailing former President Donald Trump by more than 30 points. The question now is can he close that gap? but doing so will not be easy. But DeSantis is now playing catch-up. Former President Donald Trump is firmly atop the polls. Despite several legal challenges looming over his candidacy, Trump has charged ahead after a CNN town hall earlier this month. Our country has gone to hell and is forcing DeSantis to fend off repeated attacks.
11: Ron DeSantis, did anyone ever hear of DeSantis? DeSantis.
16: But the Florida governor is standing his ground. DeSantis, popular with many Republicans for his conservative policies, has come under criticism even from some in his own party. Over a six-week abortion ban, he signed into law. And the NAACP has issued a travel advisory for Florida. Warning, recent legislation is openly hostile toward African-Americans. First campaign appearance
8: not planned until next week. Although DeSantis has already appeared like a candidate for some time, making trips to Iowa and New Hampshire. Thank wow,
0: you.
8: crowded, huh? Trying the kind of person-to-person campaigning he is not known for. He's also made a foreign trip where he awkwardly avoided questions about running for president. I'm not, I'm not
4: a candidate, so we'll see if, uh, if and when that changes. His challenge now is to try
8: to find a way to beat Trump without alienating Trump's supporters.
1: DeSantis has
16: faced some blowback over his governing style, including his ongoing feud with one of Florida's largest employers and revenue generators, Disney, which just scrapped a billion-dollar plan to relocate 2,000 workers to the state. And even before getting in the race,
5: DeSantis has been a favorite Trump target. They sort of say in the, in the world of politics, Savannah, his altitude has descended, and you see it here, right, where he was in april compared to where he was back in february donald over the spring donald trump has gone up
4: jen saki about six o'clock tonight <laughs> twitter spaces if you go on your phone if you have twitter on it, you click in the middle these are uh, what amount to podcasts they're kind of live podcasts mm-hmm. so it's an audio only obviously an unconventional launch as you look at it if you can kind of take away your, um, I suspect you're not voting for Ron DeSantis or, or supporting him in this race. But Breaking news uh, right yeah, here, is, But yeah. what is the, can you kind of get to a strategy here, the thinking behind it? It does feel a little bit like narrow casting for a guy who's been accused of playing small ball and living in these Twitter fights.
20: Yeah, look, I mean, when I heard this, and I know Elise made a similar point earlier this morning, but I was thinking, so advisors were sitting around in a room and thinking, how will we announce that Ron DeSantis is going to run for president, something that's been highly anticipated. And the decision they made was to have him on an audio-only platform, only 20% of the country has access to or really plays in mostly coastal with a guy who, by the way, is not expanding his own base of support and is also not doing anything to help with the awkwardness because he's awkward, too. So mm. I'm not sure the conversation went exactly that way, uh, but I don't fully understand the Twitter piece other than to say Twitter is sort of how Ron DeSantis, um, because people weren't seeing him in person, because he wasn't interacting with humans, how he kind of got himself on the national map, so maybe that was their thinking. The question really after this is, once you do the Twitter, once you do the fundraising and get as much as you can about don- from as you can, how is it going to go in early states? We've seen an inkling of it, but what's most of interest to me is how does he do on a bus trip through Iowa or on rallies in Iowa or South Carolina or New Hampshire? We've only seen a tiny bit, and that to me is the real test.
3: It also speaks to Elon Musk's rising cloud on the right, especially with Tucker Carlson at least temporarily off stage. Um, Steve
9: Ratner. Uh, well, let's just talk about uh, launching a candidacy with Elon Musk. This is not a parody. Uh, when you, you think about you know the fact that the, the governor of Florida decides to launch a bid for president of the United States by bowing the knee to a tech oligarch, somebody who has been very publicly decompensating an erratic, uh, narcissistic, megalomaniac like Elon Musk. But on the other hand, uh, it, it's going to generate a huge amount of buzz, we're talking about it now Um, it will throw a certain amount of chaos in the MAGO world Um, and uh, it it is going to be interesting to see how Donald Trump responds I think it makes it very unlikely that he's going to return uh, to Twitter at this point but what an extraordinary choice I mean uh, for for Ron DeSantis to basically go all in on Elon Musk um, at the time that Elon Musk is you know has been displaying um, all of his brain worms you know saying that working from home is immoral doubting whether a mass killer was really a neo-nazi opening the doors to twitter to every sort of uh every every sort of uh, grifter and bigot and conspiracy theorist but ronda sandis clearly thought that he needed a big shift a big pivot something dramatic there are so many questions about all of this i mean we we've seen <laughs> Ron Sanders's lack of uh, interpersonal skills on on display I, I think now you're seeing um perhaps his lack of 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 political judgment due this the other uh, point to be made here is the 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 risk reward I mean he obviously thinks there's going to be reward by siding up to the basically the online right but When you align yourself with Elon Musk, there is tremendous risks. Um, You know, I've used the word erratic several times. Just a couple of days ago, he was tweeting out praise for for Tim Scott. Elon Musk can change his mind on a dime. A week from now, he can say, yeah, uh, Ron DeSantis, I gave him a shot, uh, and he totally fizzled out. I mean, he could cut Ron DeSantis off at the knees 48 hours from now. But I do think that you're seeing uh, his lack of political skills, and his lack of political judgment, and maybe a little bit of whiff whiff of desperation here. You know, how do I reset this campaign and change the narrative? But boy, um, you would think that there'd be somebody in the room saying, uh, Governor uh, Elon Musk, really? Uh, Can we do a little bit of background here? Can I tell you exactly how this in fact might play out?
11: They call it faith because in the face of darkness, you can see that brighter future a faith that our best days lay ahead of us but is it worth the fight do i have the courage is it worth the sacrifice america has been worth it
19: every single time
13: That could have been anybody. Right. Anybody. Very that could have been me yeah. in a Ron DeSantis wig. <laughs> <laughs> Just walking past the thing. Anyway, I want to see you actually take real Americans' questions. That's what I want. I, 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 I don't want to dislike you. I can't help it. Because you, give, <laughs> whole audience not, you don't give me any reason because I don't understand. Why do you dislike people of color? What's wrong with American history? Yeah. What's wrong with gay folks? You know, Anita Bryant did this stuff in 1975, and gay folks rose up yeah. and fought for what they needed. That's what's coming, man. You want, that's what's coming. Oh no, I it's, coming. It. It's, coming. It's, coming. it's coming, It's coming. You know, now. and that's not a, you know, that's not a threat. Well, the women they are pay, coming They too. pay. They yeah. pay. Yes, they pay the same taxes I pay. They want the same things that we're entitled to as taxpayers you can't pick and choose and you're not asking your constituents you're telling them what you're doing and that is not the american way everybody's supposed to be decided what they the media is
8: so invested in this shit it's they're running articles like that i mean what the fuck is this what why do i give a rat fuck about what the Mexican president thinks. Anybody? Anybody out there got any clue on that shit? And then they're running all these stories. I mean, they're they're fucking everywhere you could go. There are stories with fucking, "Oh, freaking, this is the end of world because you're going to fucking elect this jackhole." I mean, I just how you can't Say that Trump is the end of the world and then say DeSantis is worse. But this is the bulwark. These are supposed conservatives I air-quoted. David French came on in. Trump and DeSantis are not the same. Trump fights for himself above all else. DeSantis is likewise ambitious, but his political commitments are underlying consistent that extends beyond the ambition. He fights the left, which makes him even worse. He's a garbage human. This one. The the Sanders campaign has to be the most toxic campaign I've ever seen. My timeline was destroyed by this whole thing. The most toxic campaign. Uh, that's that's pretty fucking interesting. I thought Trump was, but it's it, it's our government. I mean, we have state run media and we're gonna do things different today i I, a lot of you just listened so we're just going to get my ugly face up here we're going to kind of forego slides as we go through the rest of it these are the only sound bites are going to play on politics so we're going to go into trans because i got a lot of trans today so this is chuck todd chief political correspondent director big honcho for nbc news you don't need to worry about the IRS as long as you're paying your taxes. That's their line. And then, I can play a hundred bites on the debt limit because they want to... They, they see the polls and realize American people want to cut spending because they realize we are in a lot of debt and eventually we're going to have to pay for it. Simultaneously, they know that Biden left left went to Delaware, so he's not there. So, that's bad. And they know the GOP passed a bill and nobody wants to look at it. So they did put something up, but nobody else put anything up. So the media is tripling down on, oh, it's the GOP, they're evil, they're evil, they're evil. And uh, Anderson Cooper brought on Bernie fucking Sanders to talk about the 14th Amendment. The left thinks the 14th Amendment is like Calvin Ball. You can use it for everything.
19: But there's one more thing House Republicans are asking for which is they want fewer IRS agents, they want fewer attempts to try to properly uh, get tax receipts into the federal government's coffers. I have never understood the resistance of
2: extra IRS agents uh, unless you knowingly cheat on your taxes. Uh, that, first of all, that's, that's salacious, and you know that. Most Americans, by far, pay their taxes, and they do it honorably. What House Republicans, and frankly, the Republican Party, is concerned about is having IRS agents go after middle-class families and small business owners. When you have that many more agents, it's not to go after the rich. It's to yeah. go after the middle again, class. Again, that's what if, it's for.
19: So if you're if you're paying what you're supposed to pay, then you should have nothing to fear.
2: You would make the assumption that IRS audits are up, that they're, they're mm-hmm. putting out more liens, but Anderson, I want to say this, uh, the idea that the Republicans are holding hostage the entire world economy, unless they get what they want, has been an outrageous display of extremist uh, politics, and it really is unacceptable. And the second point that we have to appreciate is that right now in America, you got a middle class which is shrinking, you got 60% of our people living paycheck to paycheck child care system in disarray, health care system collapsing, housing all over the country, people can't afford housing. You don't cut programs that working people desperately need. You've called for President Biden to
8: invoke the 14th Amendment, which, as you know, says, quote, the validity of the public debt of the United States
7: shall not be questioned. How would that play out in practical terms? Why do you think that is the way to go?
2: Well, I think if the Republicans are prepared to hold the entire world economy hostage and say hey mr president you got no alternative but to make massive cuts in programs for vulnerable people. You have no alternative well the president does have an alternative as you've indicated the 14th amendment is pretty clear the validity of paying off our national debt is not questioned that's the 14th amendment i think he should invoke it what that would mean in practical terms i believe it's never been done before is that we would continue to pay our bills I suspect it would be challenged in the courts very, very quickly. I think the courts do not want to see the world economy crumble and I think it would be sustained.
8: Does the, um, you know, there there are, there are Democrats who believe that invoking that essentially is sort of absolving Congress of what their responsibilities are and that it, it should remain in Congress. What
7: about that argument? It's an argument,
2: and I'm not here to tell you that I think the 14th Amendment is a wonderful solution. It's about all that we have left. It is a better solution than the Republican approach, which says, and their original proposal was a 10-year program, proposal, which would have made massive cuts for the elderly, the children.
8: It's state-run media. It's unbelievable. It's nonstop. It's unrelenting. And I think it's starting to have the opposite effect that they want because it's so overt. It's kind of like Bush in 2004. They went after him for everything. And I think that's how he won because. People start like uh, feeling sorry for the guy. I mean, it was non-fucking-stop. And with Biden, they won't even touch him. He's untouchable. And so I, I just think everybody sees what the media is covering, that this guy is an incompetent boop. He's not running his fucking, he's not running his administration. He's saying things he's never said before. And he lives in Delaware, not the White House. And that's becoming a problem. So, a little bit of politics. Now comes a lot of fun. There's just so much stuff on this. It's uh, I, I'm going to do a school review today, but it'll be at the end. I'm not going to do slides. I'm just going to start slow. Here is Joy Reid saying the GOP is transphobic, not Feminist, followed by a doctor that says, "Just come on down, and I'll transjustin you because it's good money."
13: Hey, a, hey, hey. Bow, 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 little pump and cut. A, hey. gang shit, gang shit, gang shit, gang shit, gang shit. Gang shit.
21: Republicans are obsessively enacting anti trans legislation nationwide. And when they do it, they almost exclusively frame it as a women's rights issue. Bathroom bills are touted as protecting women's privacy and ensuring women are safe from the fake danger of trans women in public bathrooms. Banning drag shows is about protecting decency and decorum, especially when children are around. The bills banning trans youth from playing sports are sold under the guise of saving women's athletics from unfair physical competition. It's about fairness, they say. But let's unpack this rhetoric for a bit, shall we? The Republicans who push anti-trans legislation love to pretend women's rights are a priority for them. They're not. They're simply dressing up transphobia as feminism. If women's privacy, safety, and dignity were a priority for Republicans, Why are these same Republicans in these same states obstructing life-saving abortion care, forcing their ways into sensitive patient-physician relationships, and criminalizing bathroom access based on how both trans and cis women look? You have Texas Republicans howling over fairness in women's sports, yet it's anti-abortion laws are so dangerous for women, 15 plaintiffs are suing. Hey y'all, it's Dr. Tiffany, hope you're doing well. I need your help.
16: with the recent uh, laws taking in effect in Alabama and the ongoing uh, war against uh, trans individuals in Texas, many places in Texas have stopped doing gender-affirming care and Alabama has ceased entirely because they don't want to go to prison for 10 years. Anyone who can make it to Shreveport from those two areas is... Always going to find Safe Harbor here, 201 Market Street in the heart of downtown at Urgent EMS. I am Dr. Tiffany Nyberg. I'm a board-certified physician, been in practice for 18 years, and I will take care of you. I do gender-affirming care. Anyone who sees this, who knows people in Texas, please share this with them. If you know people in Alabama, please share this with them. Safe Harbor is here. I've got your back. So, And I do do pediatrics,
8: okay? I love you. Stay safe. So, last show, we talked about North Face. And, uh, I don't even notice this. This needs, uh, it's like right in my, my grill. Let's remove this and bring it down. There we go. That's better. Well, after I finished the show, I found this.
17: Hi, it's me, Patagonia, a real-life homosexual. And today, I'm here with the North Face. We are here to invite you to come out in nature with us. Wow, this is nice. We like to call this little tour the Summer of Pride. This tour has everything. Hiking, community, art, lesbians, lesbians making art. Last year, we gay sau across the nation and celebrated pride across the nation with hundreds of you across the nation. This year, we're back, back, back again with two new stops, Atlanta, GA. Why? Because you're there. In Salt Lake City, we're coming for you. can we go? Of course. This year, all these fabulous speakers will be coming from inside this TV to a nature near you. So come outside and celebrate the beautiful LGHG TV community. That's pretty gay.
8: What the fuck is that? What is up with all these gingers? I don't know if that's wrong. Maybe that's a new thing. They'll call you a gingerous, But it seems like a lot of gingers go uh, tranny. Since the North Face Trans ad debuted yesterday, shares have fallen by 7%. Target's down 11%. We're going to get to Target in a second because it's really, really good. Good stuff. The Rolling Stones ran an article. The far right's right wants this LGBTQ TikToker dead. They say that's only making them stronger. With the release of their new book, Take Your Own Advice, viral TikTok star Jeffrey Marsh tells Rolling Stones that right-wing backlash won't stand in the way of their mission. And to remind us all, this is what he says his mission is. I am Ellen's. I am six. Hey, kids. About Jeff and I
17: having sex... And are you allowed to talk about that on Patreon? I will tell you about going no contact. So you've decided to
0: go no contact with your family.
17: (laughs) If you need a family, you can come hang out with me. Hi love, here are three ways to
8: disrespect your elders. End of article. My mission hasn't changed. A decade ago when I was famous on Vine, that was also a hateful place, and I've seen LGBTQ and especially trans hatred expand in contract. We happen to be in the contraction phase where the hate is very enthusiastic right now. Part of what keeps me going is the faith that we will change. The mission stays the same, and the next time when we have an expansion of love, I'll be doing the same kind of videos, saying the same kind of things. I'll still be here. Once again, I always say to these fucking moonbat libs, insert Christianity. How far will that go? Your parents don't let you talk about Jesus? I'll let you talk about Jesus. I'll be your parent. I'll introduce you to Jesus Christ. Your parents won't teach you about firearms? Come on over to my house. I'll buy you your own AR. Same concept. It's just a religion. Your religion is, there is no gender, there is no God, there is no creation. I am God. I mean, that's what you do. But this somehow is just the more important thing. We have a border falling apart. We have inflation. We have gas prices, electricity. It's total goat rope out there. Trans teens helping plan the first ever transgender youth prom at the US cap- Capitol. Abigail Schreier, I'm in Israel to launch the Hebrew edition of Irreversible Damage, the two largest book retailers, 70% of the book sales, refused to carry it, an unfortunate first for Israel. I'll speak to Tel Aviv on Sunday. We'll make this book launch bigger than activists expected. Chase Strangio says, intergenerational organizing is powerful because it gives us an opportunity to both remember how much we can survive when we organize with our elders and also how much larger we can dream when we organize with youth. When envisioning the prom of her dreams... Libby Gonzalez, a 13-year-old Texan who is helping plan the first-ever transgender youth prom at the U.S. Capitol, Washington, D.C., had a lot of big ideas. Plenty of those ideas, including a boba tea bar and face painting, didn't make the cut. But she's excited to share what the prom will have, a drag performance by MC Stormy Day, live music, and mostly pop and rock anthems by ABBA, Taylor Swift, and Katy Perry. Selected by the organizers, guests will enter the event through the Tunnel of Love with colors inspired by the transgender flag before being met with decor that nods to the 70s inspired by Stonewall Uprising, a six-day protest that marked the turning point in the fight for queer rights. Libby and the prom's three other organizer, Daniel Trujillo, 15, Grayson McFerrin, 12, and Hobes Chakumba, 16 are among the 200 people, including trans youth from 17 states, set to attend the prom on May 22nd and a show of resilience during the time where trans rights was being stripped away. I guess I sat on this. So let's go to YouTube. YouTube. May 22nd. Capital Trans Prom. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got. It. Let's watch.
22: For many teens, prom is a special coming-of-age experience that they look forward to for months, if not years. But for a lot of trans and non-binary high schoolers, spaces like that don't always feel safe or comfortable, which is why this group of teens organized a trans prom. The idea came from four trans teenagers, with the goal of celebrating trans identities amid the recent onslaught of legislation targeting the LGBTQIA plus community. They wanted to create a space where kids felt free to be themselves and got to experience this important rite of passage in a way that felt safe and affirming. It was also a bit of a protest as well. People from 16 states attended the May 22nd celebration, which took place in front of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Attendees danced, gave speeches, and cheered while waving signs that supported trans youth. One of the attendees was a 17-year-old transgender girl from Mississippi who spent the weekend prior preparing to come to the event instead of attending her graduation after a federal judge ruled that her high school could bar her from going to the ceremony in a dress and heels. At trans prom, though, she wore a long blue dress and danced alongside her fellow trans teens. More than 400 anti-LGBTQ bills have been introduced by state legislators since January of this year. That's more bills than in the previous four years combined. These attacks can be detrimental to trans people's mental health, which is why it's so important that events like trans Prom exist, where people feel free to be themselves and their identities can be celebrated.
8: I really just don't understand the fixation on this um, by this administration. It's just freaking absurd. They are so focused on this. It's like everything. Hollywood Insider dramatically telling service they can't cancel Pride. You can pull all the merchandise you want. You can boycott all the products you want. You can put it, affect all the policies and laws you want, but you cannot cancel Pride. We won't let you. Chad Prather. And you can't cancel those of us that stand in defense of children's innocence. We won't let you. The voice of the secretly perverse has grown louder and you can't deny that fact. Some have overplayed their hand and hurt any progress you made. Mind your own camp. And that's the point. Nobody cares about pride. Nobody gives a fuck about pride. We just don't want extremism. L.A. Dodgers. After much thoughtful feedback from our diverse communities, honest conversation with the Los Angeles Dodgers organization, and generous discussion with the Sisters Perpetual Indulgence, the Los Angeles Dodgers like to offer sincere apologies to the Sister Perpetual Indulgence members of the LGBTQ plus community and their friends and family. We have asked the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to take their place on the field at our 10th annual Pride Night on June 16th. We are pleased to share that they have agreed to receive the gratitude of our collective communities for lifestyle work they have done tirelessly for decades. In the weeks ahead, we'll continue to work with our LGBTQ partners. Blah, 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 la blah, blah. This is the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Christian Catholic group. Teachers Union told LA Dodgers students could die if drag queen nuns weren't invited to Pride Night. At a time when LGBTQ rights are under attack across the country with more than 400 pieces of legislation filled in the states at a time when 45% of LGBTQ youth report seriously considering committing suicide each year, we should be leading with love and inclusion of California rather than sowing division, the Teachers Union said. So they bullied him. By the end, it was pretty much... Everybody's going to die and it's going to be your fucking fault. L.A. Dodgers learned the hard way you never bend the knee to anti-Catholic hate group. Breaking days after removing the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence from the Pride 9 lineup, the Dodgers on Monday apologized and re-invited the group. I hope your Catholic players decide they're not playing anymore. Because that's what should happen. This is not a trans-inclusive group. This is a hate group, an anti-Christian hate group. If my daughter was a group, this would be her because she hates Christians. Just her thing. It's not enough to say she doesn't believe in it. She just hates Christians. We weren't even super Christian, so it's not like I rubbed off on her. And... Um, Since 2012, the National Endowment of the Arts has paid $160,000 to the San Francisco-based Queer Women of Color Media Art Project. The grant has supported the organization's filmmaker training program, staff salaries, and film exhibition. According to the organization's website, its goal is to challenge the roots of inequity and justice through art and activism and spark awareness and galvanize collector actions. According to the organizers, 2020 Forum 990, Executive Director Madeline Lim received a salary of $125,000. Everybody else got Eighty-five. Then there's Tarjay. The Tarjay. You know, I I I've seen a lot of shit in my time. But the all-in by the media and administration. Over a Satanist trans campaign for kids and shit. Just fucking wow.
23: I am Eloise. I am six. NAACP has made um, a move, uh, a travel advisory for the state of Florida after uh, several issues against the other, if you will, uh, from Governor Ron DeSantis. Um, and they're saying that the hate that is coming out of this political season is dangerous. What do you say to what the NAACP has done? I mean, they're following behind other groups, be it uh, groups on race or LGBTQ+, but they're making a bold statement. What do you say to this? So
1: I'm not going to, uh, to comment on travel advisories specifically, but I'll say this more broadly. And where we have been as administration, as a White House, we've been outspoken about the impact of misguided policies advanced by uh, Florida uh, uh, lawmakers. Republicans in, in Florida have uh, attacked diversity. They've uh, attacked inclusion efforts. Uh, they've limited the teaching of black history. And they've uh, launched attacks on the LGBT youth, immigrants, educators, and women's reproductive freedom. That's what you have seen uh, from uh, lawmakers in Florida. So I'll let NAACP, I'll let uh, LULAC speak to their specific uh, uh specifics of their travel advisories but this administration is going to as we have for the past 2 years continue uh, to speak out against discriminatory uh, policies uh, pushed by state state leaders across the country and we've seen them across the country uh by uh by republicans uh, extreme republicans putting forth uh, these these um, these policies, these legislation uh, that hurt Americans, that take away their freedom. And so, again, we're going to continue to be outspoken. That's what we believe. Uh, it is our duty uh, to do here. That's what the president believes.
11: A controversy over Pride Month products is causing headaches for retail giant Target. It says safety is behind its decision to halt some sales. Miguel Almaguer explains. Tonight, Target, one of the nation's largest retailers, is pulling
4: some products that celebrate Pride Month off store shelves. Citing threats to employees, the company says, given these volatile circumstances, we are making adjustments to our plans, including removing items that have been at the center of the most significant confrontational behavior.
0: Okay, these are like naked
23: people on shirts.
4: The retailer removing LGBTQ brand Prowlin from their stores and website whose products featured satanic themes. Target also reportedly reviewing its adult collection of tuck-friendly swimsuits that allows trans people who have not had gender-affirming operations to conceal their private parts. Those items have been at the center of misinformation. Uh, The misinformation here
10: was that kids were being targeted with this stuff. They realized if they can threaten enough people, if they can scare enough people in real-life locations, that maybe support for the LGBTQ community will diminish among corporations.
17: Hi. Impressive carrying skills,
4: right? Target is hardly the only corporation under attack. Last month, after a transgender influencer promoted Bud Light, conservative commentators and some celebrities called for a boycott. Sales slumped nearly 30%.
5: I think there's this really small group who has an outsized voice at this moment in time, and it's of hate, and it's of discrimination, and it's violent.
4: Tonight, corporations and controversy. I think there needs to be a
20: reminder of what, what personal freedom entails. And this is where I get frustrated with my friends on the right, is that you can have whatever view you personally want to in your home about the LGBTQ agenda, about gender, about sexuality, and you have a right to raise your children that way, and you have a right to not buy things at Target, you do not have a right to tell other kids they can't read this book about this, they can't talk Mm -hmm. about their gay parents, they can't buy that shirt at Target. That's not a conservative position. It's frankly like a very totalitarian position. We are going way too far, and I think it springs from this. Listen, the the sentiment around marriage equality changed rapidly and quickly, in most of the country is there. The young people, we 70%. are
13: there.
20: 70%. The trans community is something that, for a lot of Americans, feels new. It feels unfamiliar, and it is leading to fear-mongering and to weaponizing that community, and frankly, they're facing threats, and I think we need to have a real conversation about loving our neighbors, understanding our neighbors, and living in communities safely. Jay, hey, what about that? Because
21: I, you both touched on it. He's saying that it stems from fear, and you're saying it's not a rational fear, it's a primal fear. It's still fear. I mean, it's, things are changing quickly. As right.
3: System. I mean, like, you know, so... 15 years ago, I wrote a book called God vs. Gay, The Religious Case for Equality, where I I talked about exactly what Alyssa just mentioned. This is actually an opportunity for moral growth. We should welcome this opportunity to look at our core values, loving our neighbor, caring for respect for all human beings, making sure that nobody should live in fear. These are sort of core religious values that many secular people hold as well, hold here as well, and they're at issue here. We should be answering this call to conscience, not demonizing a group and feeding the fear. I agree, Joe, look, yes, we talked about this in the context of guns. there's fear but there are people who are stoking that mistrust and fear for their own gains and one of them just announced on Twitter that he's running for president there's there's the fear that is already there and there's the fear that's stoked by opportunists and the lowest hanging fruit would be to stop that to stop lying about trans people in their lives to stop encouraging people to take this kind of action because this doesn't come out of nowhere there's this term stochastic terrorism Mm -hmm. when you tell people their group is terror.
8: So we start getting into this. The designer behind one of Target's brand partnership for Pride Months was revealed to have an affinity for Satanism. Abra pralin a brand out of United Kingdom and headed by a self-proclaimed gay transgender man known as Eric, per the website, has a collaboration and works with a retailer for roughly a year. The collection includes a sweatshirt that reads, Cure Transphobia, Not Trans People, a tote bag that reads, Too Queer For Here, and a messenger pack that reads, We Belong Everywhere. Among the Abra Praulin other apparel are images of Pentagrams, hone skulls, and references to devils. Satan respects pronouns, reads one previous design featured on t shirt and pins that I showed you. These items have been known to be sold at London's Satanic Flea Market during December, which the brand promoted on its social website. This has been so hard to keep quiet, but I can now proudly announce that you can buy Aberpollen in the U.S. Target, Scarlett Johnson said. So naturally, Satan respects pronouns. He loves all LGBTQ people. Target, Target has some explaining to do. Trans witches for abortion. Join our gay cult. Definitely not trying to use designs and art to groom, manipulate, and control kids. Those are actually designs. I just didn't make it up. Satan is hope, compassion, and Equality and love. So naturally, Satan respects pronouns. He loves all LGBTQ people. I went with a variation of befoment for this design and deity, who himself is a mixture of genders, being, being's idea, and existence. Being called a demon is someone something I can cope with, and the idea of a trans demon is pretty damn cool. Most of my work focuses on gothic or dark and satanic imagery, just supposed with bright colors, and LGBTQ positive messages. Time's up for transphobes, sorry you're a sis, we back bash back. Methinks the trans cult sex religion is sending us a message, and it is. We bash back. Hey, Target, you ever really jumped the shark on this one? I will never step foot in your store again, people are saying. Target holds emergency meeting over LGBTQ merchandise in some stores to avoid Bud Light situation. Target slammed after offering female swimsuits that have extra crotch coverage. Most of the people when these stories broke didn't even have the real ones. And then... Target's Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officers tells employee to accept DAI or get fucked.
23: It is important for us to also acknowledge that not everyone is going to believe or be bought into our strategies and our priorities on this topic. They just aren't. And so um, when we talk about leader accountability and the importance of representation and these strategies and these goals being integrated into someone's responsibility, um, like just to be really pragmatic and practical, then it becomes, okay, you don't nest, like we may not be able to change your mind shift on appreciating why this is important but you do understand that as a part of your job responsibilities, you will lead inclusively, you will have representation on your team, you will be responsible for these behaviors, values, and expectations. And it also, quite frankly, puts a light on the folks that don't believe in this, but emphasizes that you still have to do it to do this job, to be a part of this company. And eventually, you'll see a change in their mindset or they may leave. And, you know, that's a part of this process, too. This isn't for everyone. But what has to be for everyone is accountability. And accountability comes with transparency. It's really important.
8: Yeah, that's probably not good. Target stock has just collapsed to its lowest trading value in a year with no end in sight. For the first time in my life, common sense Americans are standing up for themselves. They've lost $9 billion. Some records have said that Bud Light or Anheuser Bush lost $14 billion. My wife would get really mad at me because I'm wearing a really oversized shirt and look like a slob today. Sorry. Target donates to a group that promotes secret child gender transition and LGBTQ books in school. I mean, if anybody's surprised by this, they gave $2.1 million to Glenson over the past decade, lauding the group's mission to create affirming, accessible, and anti-racist spaces for LGBTQ students targeting, also active, promote Glenson and its online store. Glenson runs a Rainbow Library initiative through Switch. Individuals can purchase books such as uh, books such that a portion of the proceeds will be used for free volumes in school libraries. Glenson has sent more than 46,000 books with those themes to thousands of school across the nation, including posters and subliminal resources. Glenson, meanwhile, encourages educators to hide a student's intention to undergo so-called gender transition. Staff or educators shall not disclose any information. So they are a major dark money group that's financing everything. And, and the funny thing is, is they're, they're, they're turning into a fucking meme. Targeting kids. I mean, that's pretty much what they are, but they were all in on Floyd too. This is, uh, Get this. Yeah, I already had it, so let me kill this. Um, Yesterday was a very hard day for Target, and the CEO, Brian Cornell, said thank you for the care you've shown each other, our frontline teams, and the LGBTQ community. Today brings more reflection, pain, and the need for continued care as our team, hometown, and world remember the anniversary of the murder of George Floyd. As you make space to take care of yourself and each other, know that you can always tap into these tools from the team member Life Resources. And as Mental Health Awareness Month continues, turn to the Take 5 to take care hub for more well-being. They were the first to ban colors. It's not even an American company. It's French. Fuck them. Let them die. How major brands were forced into the conservative plan to target LGBTQ people. That's NBC News. Target, Bud Light, and Dodgers and Disney have all been backed into a corner over their support for the LGBT community, the strategy and conservative activists celebrating. Completely missing the point. WAPO, the anti-trans boycotts are hopefully off target. The free market is telling right-wingers something they refuse to hear transgender people exist and they buy stuff. That is so rewriting history, it's not even funny. It's completely the opposite. Associated Press serendipously drops claim about violent confrontations over Target price. They floated there was violence. It's a lie. There was no violence. But why would the media tell the truth? A, you're not saying it's targeting children. B, you're not saying it's satanic targeting children with Satan and trans and they won't say that the free market is pushing back on this 0.5% demo and saying, hey, be a freak. We don't care, but we don't want you selling shit to our kids. And that's what you're doing. That's what the free market's saying. They don't even report they've lost billions of dollars. They don't report that people aren't going to the store. They're not reporting that there is satanic shit. They're not reporting that it's for kids. They're not reporting that they're sending money to organizations whose sole purpose is to target kids at schools with books, showing bull blowjobs and butt-fucking, as we've shown on the show. They've never done it. They just do cliches. This is the right-wing fighting the culture war, which is such a joke because they're pushing back on the culture war. And they always say, oh, it's just, don't say gay bills. They don't say the truth ever. But all these companies can't help themselves. they got to get their DEI score. They got to get their HRC scores are afraid to get excluded. Because dark money liberal groups have hijacked corporations. And they no longer realize that the majority of their clients don't want any of this shit. Starbucks India, for a different flair, is in the latest company to draw culture war fire and call for boycotts by pushing wokeness in a commercial. In fact, the company has been accused of going full blood light after its latest promotion featuring parents meeting their transgender daughter at a Starbucks. And it goes a little something like this.
0: No. War, hona, please, want
17: Thank you, Papa, for meeting me.
13: I know bade has been a long time Coffee?
6: Do not
21: change
22: your habits.
7: Three-coil coffees for our Pita. coffees for our Pita. My son, today is my to add
8: we're supposed to outsource freedom and i know the arguments from the far left and the group of the sisters perpetual hating fucking christians out in Dodgerland would say yeah we we ex we we export christianity and christianity started war and all the fucking stupid tired ass arguments but you know The left just wants to export, not democracy, abortion and gay shit. That's all they want to export. That's not America. That's just not America and I don't know why they're so obsessed with it. It's everything to them. Just pushing it. It's fucking insane. It's just freaking insane. So going to go into our This Is America. Nice little soundbite of a really nice person that we met two podcasts ago. This is America. Don't catch
14: you slipping now. Don't catch your slipping now. Look what I'm whipping up. No. This is America. Don't catch your slipping now. Don't catch your slipping now. Look what I'm whipping up. No.
21: This is America. In-
11: Let's let's get out of here. You can't
0: do that.
7: You're not educating. This is propaganda. This is
6: this is violent. You're tripping
8: my students. And you're not going to hear that in the media. No. No, you're not. Um, I'm going to chop you up, Professor who braided anti-abortion students caught on camera chasing, holding machete to a New York Post reporter. I want you to think if that was a CNN reporter or a New York Times reporter, which would be more apples and apples. Hmm. So, of course, with Memorial Day and wokeness, I haven't seen anything about Memorial Day from the president. But I've seen this bullshit. A brother, a son, a father was taken from a Floyd family with George's murder. They lost a piece of their soul. We will never forget what happened that day. We will never forget George Floyd's name. We will never stop taking action in his honor. That was sent the 25th. It's so big, I I gotta lessen it. And once again, what the cop did was wrong. But two things can be true. One, he's a piece of shit. He was a piece of shit human. He was dying of a fentanyl-laced meth overdose. That's what killed him. And unscrupulous lack of justice DOJs changed the coroner's report to say it was the cop, which it wasn't. 1997. Possession with intent to distribute, theft from a person, theft 50, uh, $500, failure to identify, possession of controlled subjects, illegal trespass, possession with intent to distribute, aggravated robbery, entered a pregnant woman's home at gunpoint, and pointed a gun on her stomach. Aggravated robbery gets royal funeral with golden caskets surrounded by celebrities. That's our world. It dovetails nicely into this. $90 million in donation. $30 million grants to Chairholder Foundation. 22704 829 in expenses, 12 million purchase of luxury home, nine hundred and sixty one thousand investment loss, eight hundred thirty thousand thirty three thousand fundraising costs, seven hundred and twenty-two thousand three hundred ninety-four in salaries, paid to BLMM GNF board members Shamama Bowers for Consulting Firm, $2 million, $1.6 to Patricia Collier's brother and security company, paid to Trapheads LLC, a company run by the father of Collier's child almost a million, to a former board member's consulting for in connection with the contract dispute, 600000 payout to former managing director Kaylee Scales, $114,000. Why is this important? Well, we had a whole hijack of our world, corporations, every video source you went to, landing page was uh, Black Square or George Floyd or... We stand against racism. For fuck's sake, the NFL still has it in its fucking end zone. And then the entire world gave more than $90 million. That organization got close to a billion dollars. And it's just gone. It doesn't exist. But the NRA owns politics. An organization that's pretty much bankrupt now, donates less than 10 million every cycle. PPFA, BLM, Glad, Trevor's Project, the Sisters of Perpetual Fuckery. National Endowment of the Arts for Far Left groups to push woke agendas. You do not see money going to pro-life organizations. You do not see money going to Christian organizations. We don't hand money out for that kind of stuff. But we're handing it out for the religion of woke. We're handing that shit out like it grows on trees. And I ask why. In a real free media country freedom of speech you'd be reporting it you would cover Target wants to support LGBTQ people but they chose a Satanist to do it you would report the Sisters of Perpetual Fuckery are an LGBT group but they are also very anti-Catholic and Christian Two things can be true. You can say that some of the pushback towards grooming children, which you can't even say on social media without getting canceled, which shows how much it hits the mark. That's why you get canceled. Has gone too far and has gone towards adults and general drag. And that they're targeting kids. I mean, we're saying that the whole drag trans world is being persecuted. And every time I log into Peacock, I'm getting hit with RuPaul's Drag Race, Telethon fucking new series with the X star. It's like goddamn Star Search or American Idol for drag. Next level draggery. Nancy fucking Pelosi went on RuPaul's Drag. A devout Catholic, the most Catholic of the Catholic, her and Biden—they're so Catholicly—you don't see them doing anything for Christians. This is a democracy. Yes, minority groups need to be protected. Yes, we should allow people to become fucking elves if they want to. Donkeys, unicorns, jackalopes, I don't give a fuck. You do you, bro, or broette, or no gender. You should be able to be a Satanist. You should be able to worship CRT and LGBTQ2S plus 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 i a cosine square root of five it's america don't give a fuck but the government should be doing government shit which isn't that it's not pushing full-term abortion it's not pushing trans the kids and let's have a prom in the capitol Did you have a Christian prom? Did you have a Muslim prom? Where Islam throws gay people off roots and calls them faggots. Did you do that? No. I mean, Obama during that time where you couldn't go anywhere without a suicide bomber blowing shit up in the world, including San Bernardino in our own country... We bent over backwards for Islam. But we didn't for Christian. Or Catholic. Mormon. We mocked Mormon when a candidate ran as a Mormon. Mocked the fuck out of it. The government and every three-letter agency is supposed to be nonpartisan DOJ FBI DHS HHS there is no way in hell that HHS would ever pull out a pyramid for the weather underground Jane's Revenge Antifa Black Panthers that would not be the top of the pyramid but you do it for right wing groups There would never be a government put out a pyramid with CNN, WAPO, and New York Times as level one extremism. Yet, if you watch their shows, they're more extreme than Fox ever is. There's not a week that Joy Reid doesn't say something about the Taliban, ISIS, Nazi, about the opposing party it's every week they had people on air that said they need to pick up weapons they weren't fired nobody gets says that on Fox and if they say anything off brand they're gone and the added insult to injury is that every institution regardless of Biden's president if it turns into fucking DeSantis God willing in 2024 or Tim Scott it'll still be that way NASA as a trailer park boy said was pushing Islam and space under Obama and now they're pushing gay shit we have the first non-binary tranny astronaut. And the black commander for our moon mission talks about Whitey on the moon. I mean, come on, you you that's not the way it's supposed to work. They represent all Americans, not the eighteen percent of Americans who hate America. Hate Christians, hate gun owners, hate rural folk, hate white people, hate, 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 hate. And all of their policies are to persecute those people and only hook up their people. But we've now had two administrations in my lifetime. That's all they do. Obama and Biden. That's all they do. Monies, support. I mean, if you remember 2005 and George W. Bush created Katrina and threw it on the white people and then the Corps of Engineers went and blew up the dike so that the Ninth Ward would flood and kill black folks. For 10 days from Ohio to Kentucky to Indiana, Millions of people, as many people as Katrina, were without power, frozen in their houses. By the time the federal government got engaged, they preposed all the assistance at Sabre Army Airfield at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, where it sat, and nobody got assistance. He didn't visit. And it holds form to Biden. They don't give a fuck. Didn't visit the shooting, doesn't visit southern tornadoes, doesn't. But if a hailstorm inflicts any damage on a blue state, he's leaving Delaware. And he's heading that way. And that is not presidential. Every one of these people that are running our country, every news person that is pushing out propaganda every day for the DNC, scoriated Trump for not being for all Americans. For being so right wing. He's not even a quarter of how extreme Biden is and our media is now. They have gone So far to the left, it's criminal because it's not that North Face or Bud Light was pushing an LGBT agenda and the free market is being construed by a conservative pack. It is, they went crazy with a stupid campaign and the free market said, yes, yeah, see ya. Bye. We done, they pushed back, they lost money. And in the case of Target, they went anti-Christian on top of it for Kids. That's the part the media doesn't want to talk about. They don't want to address. But it's a non-starter subject with even liberals. Nobody's down with transing kids and not telling parents. That's not even a 1%. They say it is. And I'm sure all these LGBT groups are like, oh, yeah, until it's their kids their kid because if the inverse was we're going to teach every kid the 10 commandments and you're not going to tell mommy and daddy and they're going to have secret bible sessions and there were people online saying hey if your mom and dad won't let you be a christian i'll be your mom and dad they wouldn't get an article in the rolling stones i'm almost 100 percent sure of that so this wraps up another episode of flyover politic podcast show the family and friends go to soundcloud flyover politic with a k two four six seven on rumble which is getting almost everybody off youtube now youtube is about to be a ghost town they've uh, jumped the shark send emails to fop podcast at gmail.com i want to thank todd in oregon for his submission this week if you submit you get in the beginning of the show i want to show something off really good and it seems arrogant because it's me but my wife um has gotten into uh portraits and she's been watching tv these shows and if anybody family that listens you know she's so talented and i've been I sit, big sis in colorado and Matt said stuff. My mother says that she just won't sell her stuff. But yesterday she had some stuff out in her garage sale, which made about 300 bones, which I was pretty happy with. And uh, people bought her art. But she's been doing portraits. And so she did this. And that is my ugly head. That's pretty damn much me. So pretty proud of her. That that I I am not artistic in any way. I color with pencils, but I that is pretty amazing. That uh that sums up my vast ugliness. And it's uh pretty cool. So that's gonna get hung up. Anyway, we'll look at our next podcast to be uh Let's go with the 31st. 31 May 2023. It's a Wednesday. Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yes. And uh, pause tomorrow and think about everybody who's lost people from COVID to grandparents to the wars. Um, There's been a lot of loss. And I think it's important to pause and say their names so they're not forgotten. Thanks for listening. Take care.
16: Every death is a tragedy, y'all. It's seven lives.